podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks, podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. Every single one of them are free. In doing so, you would be joining the thousands upon thousands listening every week from all over this big blue marble planet. Let's check it out today. Of course, we got the United States at the top of the list. Australia always in second there, always pulling that strong second. We got our friends over in the UK, Nigeria, South Africa, Canada, Germany, Finland, Israel, and the Philippines all tuning in this week. Bless you all for doing such a thing. Helping to spread that good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. Well, as you know, if you've been with us, we are in the middle of a series titled Living in His Presence. I'm hitting this one early today. I'm still drinking coffee. I'm I'm still trying to find my voice this morning. Got to get it done. I got a lot to do today. But uh, we could subtitle this um, His Entryway, God's Entryway. What do, we, what do we mean by this? Let's check this out today. I like this one today. Uh, I like all of them. I guess that wasn't a slight against any of the others. I did, but I do like this one. This was something very interesting to me uh, when I got to looking at this. Uh, we looked at God's presence. We looked at being God's instruments. We looked at God's desires. And today, his entryway. And the overall idea of this series is that we would be, um, we would want to see and learn how to live in his presence, right? Not, not just to enter in, let's say in a church service or a meeting possibly, but, you know, maybe just in worship, but that we would, we would learn to, to be abiding, uh, living in the presence of God, you know, That was the original plan that God had for mankind when he created Adam and Eve. We understand, you know, by reading that, that he came down in the cool of the day and he would meet with with Adam and Eve, his manifest presence. He would walk with them in the garden, have conversations. And uh, I I love that because that that really was God's heart. We know sin came in, of course, and did that. But we also understand that second Adam, Jesus, came. To restore that, the veil was torn. Why? So that we could get back in the presence, right? We wouldn't have to go through all the rituals and the things that we would be able to walk in boldly with our heads up being in the presence. And so that's the idea here is is going back to that original idea that God had in wanting to be with mankind, creating us for fellowship and um, abiding and living in his presence. Do you think this would be beneficial? I, I think it would. So we all know, let's look at Solomon today. Uh, Here's the one that sought God's wisdom in his life. But do we know why Solomon did this? He gives a reason. Check this out in 1 Kings 3, 5 through 7. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him. You had given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, 
You have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. Now listen to this statement. I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. 1 Kings 3 and verse 9, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? So here's the reason my father David knew, this is this is what he's saying. My father David knew how to do something that I don't know how to do. I don't know how to go out and I don't know how to come in. This is good because most people don't understand what he's saying here. He didn't have an issue with doorknobs, okay, right? So here's a little lesson that when we read something in the Bible and we don't know what it means, the Bible's always going to define itself. The next passage that I'm going to look at is when Moses was praying to God about his successor. Who's going to be the next one to lead these people? And Moses is saying, I want him to be able to do one thing, Lord. I'm I'm making a request for the guy that's going to fill my position, my spot. And so this is what it says in Numbers 27. Moses is saying, I just, I want him to be able to to do one thing. Then Moses spoke to the Lord saying, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. So twice we've seen this, and both times this was surrounded by leadership. Solomon says, my father David knew how to go in and how to come out. I don't know how to do that. Moses said, hey, before Joshua is set in as the new leader, God, please make sure that he can, that he can come in and that he can go out. Can he lead the people in and can he lead the people out? Then when he makes his retirement speech to the congregation, he says this. This is in Deuteronomy 31. Then Moses went and he spoke these words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. Which, by the way, for most pastors to be able to retire, that is the age that you're going to have to get at, I'm sure. That's what I'm seeing. But look at the reason why he's retiring. He says, I can no longer go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. I can no longer do it. I can no longer do it. So we know about the blessing and the curses a few chapters back in, in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. But look what it says, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 6. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. What is he talking about here? When we're starting to look at this in context, what's he talking about here? Jesus refers to this as well in John 10. I am the gate. Whoever enters in through me will be saved. They will come in and they will go out and they will find pasture. What is he talking about? Well, if we would look throughout the Bible, we can find the answer. In Joshua 14, uh, here's Caleb talking to Joshua, and here's what he says. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in. So we see these are military terms, probably not what you thought it was, right? Military terms. Solomon was saying, my father David was a warrior. He knew how to lead the people out and he knew how to bring the people back in. I don't know how to do that. I need wisdom how to do that. Moses says, hey, I'm 120 years old. I cannot lead you out to war and I cannot bring you back from it anymore. So God, please be sure that the next leader knows how to do that. Now, we know that this represents something spiritual to us. 
So here, here's a simple question for you. Are we still at war? No, come on. We really got to wake up now. Are, just look around you. Are we still in a war? You know I'm not talking about in the natural, although there are natural wars, of course. Do we have an enemy? Of course we do. We need to know how to go out to war against the enemy and how to come in from war with an enemy. So Solomon says, David knew how to do this. My father knew how to do it. First Samuel 18. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but it departed from Saul. Therefore, Saul removed him from his presence and made him as captain over a thousand. And he went out and he came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all of his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that, he behaved very wisely. He was afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and he came in before them. So we've determined this is in reference to war, but what, what I want to deal with, the coming in part first, and, and just to get to it, what they're talking about here is they came in from war to worship. And there it is again, worship. We've been talking about that a lot in this series. If they lost a battle, they would come back in and they would find out why they lost or what they did wrong. If they won, they would come back to celebrate. And if they were in the middle of a war, they would come in and get refreshed. Worship. Worship God, get refreshed, and go back out to war. Sounds like a good plan to me. That if you find yourself in a war, that if you're losing, come in, repent, find out what's going on in the presence of God. If you won, come in, celebrate, give God the glory for it. If you're tired, come in, get refreshed, get built back up again. Sounds like a solid plan to me. We're talking about the presence of God in worship. So three things. Number one, worship brings God's presence into our lives. First Samuel 18 and verse 12. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Verse 14, 1 Samuel 18, and David behaved wisely in all of his ways, and the Lord was with him. So when we talk about being in the presence of God, this is what made David a great leader. God was with him. In other words, he lived in the presence of God, and he knew how to do this way before he ever became king. He started back, we know, when he was a shepherd. There's plenty of uh, reports about that. And this doesn't have anything to do with calling it down and praying, right? See, I'm not talking against that. I'm talking for worship, okay? I would never come against prayer, but it seems to me that we're asking God to do things through prayer that he asked us to do through worship. And that if we would come in and worship, and it's probably my personal experiences where I've seen so many people striving so hard in uh, prayer. Like it's almost disgusting to me some of the people that I've experienced through the years in the way that they pray, it's almost like begging God. I mean, it's such hard work, and God is saying, hey, that's not it. When we look at this, they've been out warring. They've been out working. They've been out there. I mean, they are, they're exhausted. They're, they're, right? I mean, all the strains and the stresses of war, and we're talking about in our everyday life, when we're warring with the flesh, when we're warring with an enemy, when we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we do know that we wrestle. And when we come in, what are we to do? Are we to then plop ourselves down and just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, 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 pray. I mean, I'm just talking about some personal experiences that I've seen. And he says, hey, chill out. You got to come in and worship. 
and, and come in and worship. Get in the presence of God. When you come in and worship, the presence of God is with us. He was with David. Over and over it says he was with David. In Psalms or songs, you know that's what that means, right? Songs. David wrote Psalms, sang songs to the Lord. And what made him a great king was he was a great worshiper. And when he went out, he knew how to come in. And you got to understand that when we go out, it isn't from the presence of God. No, this is I went in and I got the presence of God, and now I'm bringing that back out with me, going out with the presence. That's what these men were talking about. God, we've got to know how to, how to come in, get that presence, go back out. Now I'm bringing it back out with me, going out with the presence. But if you don't come in, you're not going to have anything to go out with. You want God's anointing with you always. So many hold this belief that the last words of Jesus were the great commission, and that's not true. The last words are actually found in Acts when he says, you stay until you are endued with power. Because if you, if you go before you stay, well, you got nothing to go with. So he says, go out, go into all the world. But before you go, before you do, before you go out, I need you to go into that upper room. So we understand this can't just be a weekend thing. You better do it before you go out into this world every single day. You go in before you go out. Not from the presence of God, but you're going out with the presence of God. That's the thing. So number one, worship brings God's presence into our lives. Number two, it brings God's fear into our lives. I don't think we understand this one at all, the fear of the Lord. Well, I'm not supposed to fear anything. I'm not going to get into that today. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and I'm not talking about the fear part today, but I want to address it. 1 Samuel 18, now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he departed from Saul. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him, the fear of the Lord. So God had left Saul, and we know an evil spirit had come on Saul. So the reason Saul was afraid of David is because God had come upon David and there was an evil spirit upon Saul. It was that spirit that was afraid, afraid of David and afraid of God. You think about walking through this life and how, yes, it is a war daily. And yet think about walking out to your car with Jesus with you. He gets into the car, he goes to work with you. Conversations that arise at work where people are debating this and they're debating that and Jesus is right there standing next to you. That's when Satan comes through working in people to oppose you. As we know, again, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, right? So the devil is coming to attack all of us all the time and imagine that you spent time with God that morning. And now somebody's trying to run through you at work and Jesus steps around the corner and says, uh, hey, what's going on here? And Satan says, uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> and walks away. Imagine the fear of God. The presence of God would be upon you daily so much so that the enemy fears you because he knows that God is right there with you just like he was with David. People would recognize it. Worship brings God's presence. Worship brings God's fear. Third thing, worship brings God's wisdom into our lives. For Samuel 18, and David behaved wisely in all of his ways. The Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. Why was he so wise? Because he asked God to teach him what it is that his father knew. No, his father was a warrior. He knew how to go out 
But his father was also a worshiper, and he knew how to come into the presence of God. Solomon learned how to come into the presence of God. David behaved wisely in all of his ways because the Lord was with him. Now, now hold up just, just a note quickly. Do you think it's wise to have another woman's husband killed so that you could have sex with her? Have a man murdered to have sex with his wife? Is this wise? Because it says David behaved wisely in all of his ways. Well, of course, this isn't wise in any way, but the point that I'm trying to make is, even when we lose a battle, you have to know how to come into the presence of God to repent. Find forgiveness, find that restoration. Allow God to give you wisdom so you can go back out and not do it again. And if you're teachable, if you're humble, and then you can say, even though I've messed it up, I messed it up at times, but I knew how to come in so that I could go back out. Because guys, this is the devil's trick to get you to come in, but he wants you to come in and shut the door and quit. You made a mistake, you blew it, you didn't behave wisely, it's over. Just come in and stay in. It's all about coming in and going out into the presence of the Lord because God will be with you. If you want to learn how to respond to difficulty, and I'm, I'm having to learn this, things coming out of left field, just crazy things coming at us here, things I didn't see coming, well, I, I rather respond with the wisdom of God and do it that way to be sure that God is right there. We need this. This is a must. This, that we would, we would go into a new level in living in the presence of God. Then it becomes daily. Solomon was the wealthiest and the wisest man of his generation. So somebody came to visit him, the queen of Sheba, and this is what it says. Now, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions, right? Having a, a very um, great, uh, she had a bunch of people with her is what it's saying. She, when she heard about this, she's bringing a whole bunch of people with her. She had camels that bore spices, gold in abundance, precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered her, and answered all of her questions. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, this came from being in the presence of God. And you think about, you think about a church that really has the presence of God in it. The house that he had built, the food on his table, like going to church, right? You're going to get fed. The seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, the excellence in which he did things, the cupbearers and their apparel, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her, no more argument in her. It, it literally took her breath away. So she saw all this cool stuff, right? She's like, okay, yeah, okay, okay, this is good. But it was when she saw that the wisest man, the wealthiest man, this guy that apparently seems to have it all together, the wealthiest man in the world, bow his face to the ground and worship God. All of her arguments left. The queen at this time was reported to be the wisest and the wealthiest person alive. She had the largest monarchy. She came from that part of the world where the magi come from. They worshiped wisdom. They worshiped wealth. She had put this report out that she was the wisest and the wealthiest person in the world. And then she started hearing about this man, that he's the wisest and the wealthiest. So she comes to prove with these hard questions, right? She wants to, to come in because they loved riddles. They loved that kind of stuff. They loved Proverbs, not the book, the riddles. 
They came with all these hard questions and Solomon answered every single one of them. And even after all of that, what really got her was seeing the entryway, seeing him do what he was doing when he had to ask God to help him do it. My father knew how to go out and how to come in. And so she saw this after he entered the presence of God. It says she had no more breath in her. There was no more argument, no more riddles. Listen, we, we so need this, that when we are out in this world and they have questions and God gives us the wisdom to answer them, they can fear the Lord, meaning respect. We want them to know it's all about the presence of God. That's where the answers come from, spending time in his presence. And she saw that in his life. Ezekiel 46 says, but when the people of the land come before the Lord on the appointed feast days, whoever enters by way of the north gate to worship shall go out by way of the south gate. Whoever enters by way of the south gate will go out by way of the north gate. He shall not return by way of the gate through which he came, but shall go out through the opposite gate. So let me, let me try to sum all this up for you today. So let's say, okay, it's winter here, right? And this wouldn't be unusual. Let's say we had an ice storm. And God says, okay, if you park on the west side of the church today to come into worship, don't go back out the west doorway. Even though it's icy and cold, I want you to go out the east door. If you parked on the north side, I want you to leave through the south side. Why would I I do that? Why would God, who knows everything, why say when you come to worship, whatever door that you came in through, Leave through the opposite doorway. Why? What's the point? Remember that everything in the Old Testament is an example to us in the New. This is what God is saying to try to wrap this up today. Every time you come into my presence, I want you to leave differently than the way that you came into it. Do you get it? He said, you'll never be the same. You'll leave changed. You won't go back out the same way you came in. Isn't that amazing? It's so simple. If you came in sad, you're going to leave glad. You come in hurting, you're going to leave healed. You come into my presence and you'll leave change. The opposite will take place in your life every time that you walk into my presence. It's never about the absence of some things, but it's always about the presence of someone, the one. Get into his presence and those other things have to change. So what am I saying? We got to make it a daily thing, my friends. You got to get into worship. We got to learn how to get in, and we got to learn how to come in and to go out. But never going out without the presence, but coming in so I can get it and take it with me everywhere that I go. Guys, this is going to make you look wise beyond anything that you could know. Worship brings God's presence into your lives. It brings in the fear of the Lord, and it brings in wisdom. I think it would it would uh, greatly benefit us to worship God every day. I mean, no matter the circumstances, you know we need the presence of God in our lives. It brings in the fear of the Lord and wisdom. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen, and until next time... I'm going to spend a little bit of time getting into the presence of God so that I can always go back out attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous.